Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. All right. So if you're ready to get in the Word, say, I'm ready. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask for your help. We ask that you, we, we come with just a ready heart and a willing heart. God, open your word, break bread, give us a word that will change our life. Help us to hear and see and understand. God, give us, we come with a heart willing to do what your word says because it's your word. And so help us and help our families and help us process this word and obey this word and apply this word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Numbers chapter 6, starting in verse 22. We're talking about the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. So everybody watching at home, get your Bible out. Don't just be sitting there eating Pop-Tarts. Get your Bible out. Blessing of the Lord, Numbers chapter 6, starting at verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way that you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, remember, everything in the kingdom of God is voice activated. That's right. So the Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. I just think that's such an amazing thing about we, we get to be partakers of the Lord's blessing, but also participants in releasing the Lord's blessing. It's the blessing of the Lord. It's not the blessing of John Aiken. It's not the blessing of Faith Center. Um, it's, it's the blessing of the Lord. And we want to walk in that and, and understand the power of the blessing of the Lord. So the blessing of the Lord has three parts, three parts. Three parts. The first part is that that first phrase, the Lord bless you and keep you. We talked about that last week, basically in part one. The Lord bless you and keep you. So that's the first part. The Lord bless you and keep you. And we talked about what blessing meant and we talked about what what keeping meant. So summarizing it, what it's saying is it's saying the Lord is my source. My shepherd is my source. Your pastor, Sarah and I, are your resource sent by your source, a resource to teach you about your source. Your pastors are not your source. Faith Center is not your source. We are here as a resource to teach you about your source. Your shepherd is your source. And so the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, you are my source of provision. You are my source of protection. You are my source. And getting that in your heart so when somebody declares the blessing of the Lord over your life, you understand what that first part means. Because we, we take the simple sentence and make it too simplistic. The simple sentence is profound and powerful. The Lord Bless you and keep you. The Lord is my source. So if I'm in a time of trouble, who do I look to? The Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. And to bring you out of lack, the first thing he'll do is make you lie down. All Psalm 23 goes through that process. We taught it 
I don't know, it took me eight years to go through Psalm 23 here at the church, but it's a pathway to kingdom living. We walk through that. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So my shepherd is my source. So if I'm fearful of the enemies around me and people attacking me, Lord, you are my source. I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to defend myself. The Lord is my defense. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Anytime we say vengeance is mine, we, admit we got it backwards. We don't ever repay evil for evil or return evil for evil. The Lord is my source. That's that first part. And we talked a little bit about what that, what that looks like um, before we even move to the second part in Isaac's life. We went in Genesis last week and we looked at those three in, with Isaac and it says the Lord blessed him a couple different times. It said the Lord blessed him and he gave three dimensions or three stages of that process. In the same year, in the same year, Isaac sowed and reaped in a, in a certain land because of the blessing of the Lord. And in the same year, he had a hundredfold harvest. That's supernatural. Supernatural. And it went through this process. And I don't know where you are. Matter of fact, just think to yourself, where are you in this process? Are you beginning to prosper? Are you continuing to prosper or have you become very prosperous? And see, the reality to these three things is the blessing of the Lord. When you look at the definition of it, it basically means to be prospered by God. But the prosperity is not just money. That's limiting the prosperity of God. The prosperity is every dimension of your life. You can have a lot of money and have a, and have a dysfunctional family and that money don't make you happy. So the reality is it prospered by God in every area of my life. Well, what about the enemy? And what about attacks? And what about trials and persecutions and sufferings? Yep, all that's there. But in spite of that, and even with that, the Lord still blesses you. So that you're prospered by God even through the attacks. You're prospered by God even through the struggle. You're prospered by God even through that valley of the shadow of death. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Why? Because I am being prospered by God. Because I'm taking serious that the Lord is my source. I don't have a subsource. I don't have a faulty, broken cistern that I drink from. The Lord is my source. And today, if you would say of your life that, yes, I'm a Christian, but you know what? Honestly and functionally, the Lord is not my source. Maybe those pills are your source. Maybe those Twinkies are your source. Maybe that money is your source. Maybe that drink is your source. Man, whatever, whatever it is that you trust in, whatever it is that you turn to, whatever it is that moves you, that's your source. And if you need to repent today and say, I'm switching sources, I'm going to trust the Lord to be my source. That's all in, in that first part. And some of you here, you need to begin to prosper. And in order to begin to prosper, it's a whole other teaching to break this down. And Lord willing, someday I'll do it with you. But it's a whole other teaching. And how do you walk in these three things? Some of you, you need to stop doing some things. You need to start doing some things. And until you stop doing things that are cursed and start doing things that are blessed, you'll never walk in the blessing of the Lord. You have it. You have it if you're a Christian. You have the opportunity to walk because Jesus has blessed you, but you're not walking in it because you don't know how to walk in what's blessed. 
and you need to stop. You need to stop. It's not they need to stop or Pookie and them need to stop. You need to stop doing some certain things and you need to start doing some other things if you want to walk in the blessing of the Lord. If you want to begin to prosper and you say, well, how do I know what to stop doing? How do I know what to start doing? Crazy idea. I'm going to sling it out. Let's see if it sticks. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Another crazy idea. Find somebody who's prospering by God. Not arrogance, not selfishness, not greed. Find somebody who's prospering and they're saying, God is my source. Find somebody who's prospering in the area that you're desiring to begin to prosper in and go ask them, show me how to prosper. Show me and just tell them, show me, show me this boom right on my head. Show me, tell me, what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? And when they tell you and you say, yeah, but you see, you don't. Nobody's asking for your excuses. So we'll see if you're serious. And those who say, I need to continue to prosper. You need to find somebody who's been through some struggles and they've continued to prosper. And those who become very prosperous and now they're distributors of God and they listen to the Holy Spirit. And you may see them with lots of lots of whatever and say, well, man, why don't they just give to me? Why don't they just give? Man, they got enough. Why don't they just give to me? Because they've got it. If they've got it from the Lord, they've got it because they've learned how to listen to the Lord. And you might be telling them to give you something, but the Lord ain't. Because the Lord's working on your surrender and your submission to him. And you just want a quick fix. <laughs> oh, that, that's great, Pastor John. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. So the second part, which is what we're going to focus on today, is the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I'm going to come back to that. The third part is the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's what we'll talk about next week. But today, with the blessing of the Lord part two, I want to focus on the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I want you to just get the to you part. You know the Lord cares about you? He cares about you. He knows the pain you're in. He knows, every, he knows everything you're wrestling with. And he cares about you. And he doesn't come with you with a, with a sense of entitlement. He comes to you with a sense of empowerment. He will empower you to prosper. Amen. If you'll trust him and say, Lord, I'm switching sources. The Lord is my source. The Lord is my source. Lord, teach me how to feed from the source. Teach me how to, how to stop doing this and start doing this. See, many people want things to change. But if you want things to change, you got to change. And when you change, things will change. You got to be willing to change. Matter of fact, just real gentle because they might be grumpy. Real gentle, the person next to you say, I think you need to change. 
So let's look at these aspects. The face. The face represents his presence. Face, in the, it, it's, it's panin. It's a Hebrew word that, that talks about presence. It's not just like the, the face of somebody, like what's wrong with your face? It's not just face. It, it speaks to the presence, the, that the person, when you see face, it's personally present. It's not there, but I'm not there. It's not like I'm there, but I'm distracted. Like when you're talking, trying to talk to your husband when he's watching a football game, he's there, but he's not there. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about fully committed to the moment, being present in the moment, fully present, fully here, fully focused, fully focused. So when you talk about face, it is, it is, the, it is the full person being fully present in this moment. So it's a moment by moment presence of the Lord that you may be aware of or not aware of. But whether you are aware of it, it doesn't matter. He's still there. And, and so it's face. And then shine means to illuminate, to light up. And I love this, even to set on fire. Anybody, anybody want to get set on fire? You know, uh, for the Lord? Not just say, I better finish that. Set on fire for the Lord? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know? So the, the reality is when, when the face of the Lord begins to, to shine, you know, this is just weird. I know it's weird. And, and some of y'all are probably going to change churches after this. But... I'm like an Avengers. I like Avengers, you know, but it's like, you know, Iron Man, when his, he, the eye thing comes out and it, it's just, it's just the power of the Lord. It's like he's fully present and all of a sudden he begins to shine and it's like the enemy and all, knows something's about to happen. It's like really, really cool. So it's that, it's that illuminating of the Lord. It's the illuminating of his face that can actually cause stuff to change and cause a fire to be lit in your life when you behold his face and he shines upon you. And then being gracious to you is the kindness, the favor, the generosity, the compassion of the Lord. And each one of these words, I could preach a whole sermon just on each one of these words. But I wanted you to see that it's, it's part one is more than just the Lord bless you and keep you. Oh, that's really nice and cute. No, it's powerful. He is your source. Yes. He can change things. And it's not just this, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. I love how it says the Lord make his face shine upon you. Just like Psalm 23, the, he, he makes you lie down. There are times where the Lord will make his face shine upon you. And there's two ways, two ways, just real simple, two ways that it happens. One is by regular conversation. You have regular routine of coming to the Lord. He's an important, the most important, meaningful relationship in your life. And you make time to come before him and open the Bible and spend time uh, putting the world outside, putting everything outside. You are making time to spend time with Jesus. And as you do that on a regular basis, committed, his face will shine on you. His face will begin to shine on you. So plan A is by conversation. But some of us don't walk by plan A. Some of us have to walk by plan B because we're not quite there yet. But plan B is not by conversation. Plan B is by consequences. So that's when you're sitting back in the jail cell thinking, man, I did dumb again. 
I can't believe it. And because you didn't have time for the conversation, God couldn't speak to you and shine on you through conversation. He's forced then, he's forced then, because he's going to make his face shine upon you. He's forced then to use consequences to get your attention because you're not mature enough to let his word get your attention. I spent most of my life on the consequences side. (laughs) But things change when I start having conversation with the Lord. And now there's an expectancy. Oh, I'm going to my source. I'm going to the word of my source. And now he's given me resources. He's beginning to shine upon me and show me things. I'm beginning to set on fire. This is I'm getting something from the Lord. A lot of people live in life needing something. Some of us live in life getting something. And if you come to Pastor John, I need to get something. I'm going to say, well, you can, you know, I can point you to where you need to go, but I'm not your source. I'm not your source. Matter of fact, I just think the Lord just spoke something to me. And I think it's for somebody watching. I don't think it's for anybody here, but if it is, if the shoe fits, wear it. You're offended and you're bitter. Because you made me your source. And you think I failed you. I've been there a million times that I've made other people my sources. I know exactly what I'm talking about. But I'm not your source. He's your source. Bitterness and failure and defeat is, is killing you. It's robbing from you. Go back to your source. Fire me from being your source. Go back to your source and watch his resources fill your life again. I like Matthew 4, 16. Matthew 4, 16. Uh, this is just an amazing thing, talking about the ministry of Jesus. Matthew 4, 16, and probably verse 17 I'll read today too. This is a prophecy talking about the ministry of Jesus coming and starting. I'm just for sake of time, I'll read 16 and 17. It says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sit in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That that shows me that Jesus comes to the people who are sitting in the, the reward of their circumstances and they feel powerless. They feel empty. They feel like they failed. They finally came to a place where they're sitting in darkness. And Jesus comes, Jesus comes as a source 
to people who are without, and he comes as a light to people who are in darkness, and he comes to shine upon them. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. That just excites me. When I see and hear and even think of the potential and the possibility of people, maybe on Thanksgiving, that are sitting in darkness in a, in a tent or in the woods or in a shelter, and they feel hopeless, and somebody comes up representing the Lord and the glory of the Lord, that they've been in the Word, and the Word is in them, and they are shining the light of Christ through their life, and they go to the homeless, and they go to River City Mission, and they go wherever, and you come, and you bring the light of the Lord. The Lord shines through you. He set a fire in you to set a fire through you, and you're bringing somebody a meal and a message, and they're sitting in darkness, hungry, wanting that food, but they see something they've never seen before. And they see it in your life. They see the glory of the Lord shining through you. And they take note that something's different about you. Most people I hang out with spend time at the bar, but you've spent time with Jesus. And there's something different about you. You got something to offer that other people can't offer me. I thank you for the food, but there's food that I know not of. And you begin to serve through the glory of the Lord and the source operating through your life and the blessing of the Lord operating through your life. That you know the Lord is blessing you and keeping you. And you know that the Lord is, is making his face shine upon you and being gracious to you. But here's what it gets really cool. I mean, that's cool. But here's what it gets really cool. When the Lord uses your life to shine upon others. When the Lord uses your life to release his grace upon others. The problem with the church today, we're in danger. I'm telling you right now, we're in danger. We're in danger of falling into the loveless mentality of looking at people in darkness and saying, with a judgmental heart, you deserve darkness. The way you think, the way you process, your opinions, if you think that way, you deserve that. How many of you deserved the light and glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to shine upon your life? How many of you deserved it? Yeah, I dare you to raise your hand. The sermon will change quickly. Chris Taylor, please raise your hand. <laughs> yeah, so the reality is none of us did and none of us do. Now, we may steward and partner with him and move from a person who's moved by consequences to a person that's now moved by conversation and our life begins to change. And so that there's a responsibility to that. But we all started where they are. And so how dare us fall into the pit and the trap of looking at them the way Jesus does not look at them? And judging, you're in darkness. And all of a sudden, you know, let the dark get darker and let the bright get brighter. No, the light is to penetrate the darkness. The blessing of the Lord on you is not to separate you from other people, but that he would overflow through your life, that you would be separate and you would be different and your life would not look like their life. But he wants to pull you out and separate you to build you and grow you to send you right back into the darkness to say, I was there and now I'm here. If you want to stay there, stay there. If you want to come here, I'll show you the way. 
And when they're like, but, but you don't understand. Hey, it's possible because I, I was just like you. I was just like you. And all it takes is faith. And all it takes is a decision. All it takes is obedience. If you're willing, he's able. Let's go. Let's go. And here's the sad thing. Not everyone's going to come. Doesn't mean you hate them. Doesn't mean you judge them. Doesn't mean you lose love for them. But you have a heart for them so that it never gets old. It never gets, it never loses its power for you. That those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And this reference is talking about Jesus Christ. But it's talking about Jesus Christ because the Christ in you, if you're born again, the Christ in you and what he can do through your life. Um, repent means to change the way you think. So if, I, if I'm here and I get that message, you know, those who sit in darkness have seen a great light. And then Jesus was preaching, repent, change the way you think, turn directions, think differently. Because the kingdom of God is, is uh, at hand. So something being at hand, you've heard me teach this numerous times. Somebody, something being at hand is within your reach. So what Jesus did was brought the word of the kingdom and he brought it within your reach. You are one conversation with the Lord away from a new life. You are one word away from everything changing. And the word that will change your life is the word you hear Understand a little bit and then obey. And after you obey it, you'll understand it a whole lot more. And then you have an appetite for more word. And now your appetites change. Everybody else will go back to the club, but you're going to church. Because you know, I want, I want to get some fresh bread. I want to be in the word. And so it's a powerful process that begins to happen, you know, in our life. And it's repent. You got to repent. Matter of fact, tell somebody next to you, say repent. You repent because the kingdom of heaven is within my reach. The way I like to say it summarizes my life. There was a day I reached out to a bottle and what I didn't realize is the bottle reached out and grabbed hold of me. And there's a day in the same faith, even a greater faith, I reached out and grabbed a hold of God through this Bible and he reached out and grabbed a hold of me. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Reach, and he'll reach. Grab hold, and he'll grab hold. Repent, and things will change. So I think about this, and there's a ton of scriptures I'd love to go to, but look in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And man, this whole chapter is good. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. The whole chapter is amazing, but... What I want to show you is, is look in just oh, 2 Corinthians 3. <sighs> Let's just read for a second. We can do this. Let's just read for, um, look down at verse 4. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 4. We'll just read for a second. Everybody good? By the way, today we have, it's going to be a little bit different. We're uh, not because of like everyone's got COVID or, or stuff like that and not because of any restrictions or whatever. It's this week was a difficult week with people and families and different things to get a worship team planned and everyone had different things going and it was getting stressful. And so I just told Caitlin, you know what? We're not doing it this week. 
It's, it's just safer. So yeah, I know it's crazy, right? Blew your mind. We're not having worship here in the music. We're not going to be singing songs here in a minute. Actually, I got something for you. No, kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. That would take the Lord. Uh, so we're not going to do worship, but we have a surprise for you. We're going to do something different. Yeah, and so so it's going to be really cool. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3, look with me in verse, let's start in verse 4. Lord Jesus, open my eyes, praise the Lord. And we have... And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. That's a good statement to underline right there. Who also has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not as letters of the spirit, uh, uh, Not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, he's talking about Moses and the commandments, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadily look at the face of Moses, because the glory, meaning the brightness, the glory, the illumination of his countenance, which was which was a glory that's passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? And if you're not catching up, I'll I'll, I'll explain to you in a second. Verse 9, For if the ministry um, of condemnation had glory, meaning brightness, illumination, weight, radiance, all that stuff, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what was passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, We use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, meaning they couldn't look at the glory of the Lord upon Moses' face. Moses Moses went to before the Lord. The Lord was shining, so Moses' face was shining, reflecting the glory of the Lord, and Moses put a veil over his face because if he didn't, the people freaked out would run from him, and it would be too much for them. So the face shining, the face of the Lord shining upon Moses, the blessing of the Lord shining upon Moses was too much. So he put Moses put a veil over his face. Verse 14. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. Because the veil is taken away in Christ. Underline that phrase. The veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nonetheless, when one turns to the Lord, so when one repents, turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, Okay, now that the veil is taken away, now. See, the veil is taken away. I've turned to the Lord. The veil is taken away now. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. Uh, this second part, this second part, I'm going to illustrate this for you. And Zach, I'm going to use you. So put your Bible down and come on up here. Uh, this, 
this illustrates the second part. The first one was the Lord is my source. Remember, we talked about that. The second one is the Lord is my sight. The Lord is my sight. And the two things, the two things that happens, and pull that up, guys. The two, two things that happens with the Lord is my sight um, is it's your perception and your perspective. So Zach here, uh, who looks like he needs to work out, man, I don't, you know. <laughs> Why don't you look more like this, man? Uh, so the reality is the sight, the sight, his vision. So when you come to the Lord, the first part of the blessing of the Lord, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord is your source. The second part, that the outcome, the practical, functional outcome, the Lord is your sight. Your eyes are fixed on Jesus. You're not moved to the right hand or to the left. You know where to look. You know where to look. He's your sight. He's fixed your sight. And so your sight involves two things, your perception and your perception, your perception is your ability to see, hear, or perceive. It's your ability. So the Lord, when you turn to the Lord, when you make a decision and you turn to the Lord, he changes your perception. He gives you a new ability. See, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's a whole new way to see. There's a whole new way to hear. There's a whole new way to think. And so what the Lord wants to do is he wants to change your sight. He wants to change your vision. And so when you turn to the Lord to trust him, even when you don't fully understand him, he not only becomes your source, he becomes your source of sight. And he's your sight. So things will look different. And he gives you, he gives you a new perception. A new way to see. So old circumstances, new perception. Yeah, exactly. And a smile comes. And then that new perception gives you a new perspective. See, a, per a perception is a way to, to see, hear, and, and think and process differently. And once you have that new perception from repentance to a higher way, because his way is higher, right? So one, then stand up here. Go ahead and stand up here. Now you have a new perspective, because you see differently, you see differently. Your, a new perception from the Lord is the ability to see in a way you've not been able to see before. A new perspective is an ability to see from the result of that perception. Now you're aware of stuff you weren't aware of before. Now you see a game being played that you don't know was, was even taking place before. Now you see things happening in your life and in other people's life that you didn't see before. Stuff that you walk past, now you ain't just going to walk past it. Opportunities you didn't recognize, now you won't miss it because now you are, you are seeing differently, so now you see differently. The Lord is your sight. Amen. Come back down here and do something real quick. Just stand right there. So this is my version of a veil. This is my version of a veil. And... and <laughs> So when you first read the scripture, when you first read the scripture about there's a veil, there's a veil that lies, you know, on the reading so, uh, of the Bible. It's talking about the Old Testament. And so, so I first thought, well, man, there's a veil lying over the Bible, over the word of God. So somebody coming to read it, they can't see it. There's a veil over the word of God that they, they don't see Christ. The veil that was over Moses, it says that same veil lies over the word of God. Many of you, many people that we know that there's a veil that seemingly is over the word of God. But then the Lord began to speak to me. So that's not it. That's not what I said. So I read it again. The veil is not lying over the word. The veil is lying over him. He'll come up here and read the, read the Bible. 
Look at this scripture right here. Come here. Look at this scripture right here. <laughs> Whoo, look at that. That is amazing. What, was it, what does that say to you? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, well, just read it again. No boy now. Yeah. So not only, not only does the veil of unbelief, not only does the veil remain over him when he's reading the word, but hey, what about in life? What about your job? Look at your job. What, what else could God be doing with you at your job? What else could God see? It's the veil's over him, over his mind. Just like the veil was over Moses, hiding the glory of the Lord. This is, this is hiding the glory of the Lord so that, so that he cannot see the glory of the Lord. Because if he could see the glory of the Lord, he could see the blessing of the Lord. He could see the Lord is now his, the Lord could be his source. The Lord could fix his sight. But he can't see that right now. And I'm telling you, if we, there are people coming to church all the time, sitting there just like this. Yep, I've been to church. Yep, I've been to church, but I ain't seeing differently. I'm not hearing differently. Oh, and guess what? I'm not doing differently. I'm here. Put out your left hand and just hold this. Just hold it. Yeah, don't drop it. What the Lord does, what the Lord does is he comes and he takes, see, the veil, the veil, The veil is here, and so then in the temple, in the temple, there was a veil. And this veil is represented by that veil, and that veil is a sign of this veil. And what happened when Jesus was crucified, what happened when Jesus was crucified, that the veil in the temple was, Lord Jesus help me, was ripped. It's swollen. Just, just. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> so the veil the veil in the temple was, was ripped in two from top to bottom was ripped in two and now anybody who turns to the Lord watch this anybody just hold this again hold this again hold it up Taken away. So now what happens when the veil is taken away, when the veil is taken away, now he comes to read the word. And now look at your Bible. See, so verse, verse, um, yeah, just keep looking at it. Verse 17. Watch this. Watch this. Now. Now, meaning now that the veil's taken away, your Bible study's about to take off. So now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty. But we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. So what happens is you now turn to the Lord, you've, the kingdom of God 
God's way of thinking, being, and acting and doing has now been brought near to you. A whole nother realm of life has now opened up to you. He's ripped the veil so now you can see. He's changing your perception to change your perspective. And now as you look to the, with the Spirit of the Lord and the freedom that the Lord has given you, you look in, into the Word of God as a mirror as a mirror, and what you see is the glory of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. And when you see that, see, it's a mirror, so it's reflecting. You're seeing, you're seeing who Christ is and what's true of Christ, and then understanding what's true of Christ is true of Christ in you. So you're finding out who you are. You're becoming who you've already been made to be. You're understanding your new identity in Christ and you're realizing with a new perception that brings a new, per, uh, a new perspective that brings a new perception that brings a new perspective. What's happening is your life is changing and you're being transformed and you're being transformed at the speed of sight. That was good. If you can see it, if you can see it, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. The Lord is your source. The Lord is your sight. And he's given his kindness and compassion on you. You are sitting in darkness. But you've seen a great light. And now he's changing everything. And you go from glory to glory. Let me show you what that looks like. We go from glory. Wow, look at that. Yes, Lord, I accept that as my new truth. I accept that you are my source. You are my shepherd. I accept it. So the next time, so I, I, I got it, Lord. I got it. I see it. I hear it. I understand it. I'm ready to obey it. So I'm going to walk this thing out. And then all of a sudden, boom, the enemy attacks in direct opposition to the very thing you just saw. In direct opposition to the very thing you just believed. And your first instinct is to retreat. And to go back to the way it was and think, man, I must have missed it. Maybe I was gullible. But what you really need to understand is I go from glory to glory. And in between one level of glory and step up here to another level of glory, there's always going to be a battle. There's always going to be a battle. So if I could like put into the scripture, uh, bring out a full definition, it's I go from one degree of glory through a battle, through a struggle, through a trial to another degree of glory. Through a battle, through a struggle or a trial. So if you're in a battle, a a struggle or a trial, and you're thinking, oh my God, where are you? I'm going to tell you where he is. He's preparing a table for you at the next season of your glory. But can you see it? Can you hear it? Are you even looking for it? Or is your eye on the battle? See, that kind of lifestyle, I can't wait to meet people sitting in darkness because I know what the Lord wants to do. Now, they may not choose to join me in doing it. They may not choose to to turn to the Lord to where the veil is ripped. But if they do, I get to be a part of heaven changing a man's life, changing his future, bringing him out of whatever he was in bondage to, changing him and changing his family. And yeah, I know he did a lot of dumb stuff and I know he's even half crazy now. But if he can see, 
If he can turn to the Lord and the veil is taken away, when the veil is removed, then there's all kinds of stuff the Lord of glory can do in his life to release the blessing of the Lord, make his face shine upon him and be gracious to him. And then when he brings him through the valley of the shadow of death, he fears no evil because God is with him and his rod and staff comforts him. And he realizes that through I go from glory through the battle, through the valley of the shadow of death. And every time the enemy tries to bring me out and take me low through that valley, it's an opportunity to advertise the glory of the Lord. I am a walking billboard of the glory of God through the battle. Yep, I'm in a battle, but just watch, watch. This is build my testimony. Watch what's happening. Watch what the Lord does. It ain't finished yet. It ain't over yet. Just watch what the Lord does. The enemy tried to take me out. Watch what he does. I'm going from glory to glory. I'm not going to struggle. I'm going through struggle. And I'm going from glory to glory. Because I now have eyes to see. I now have eyes to see. Everything will change if you change. Just sit right there for a second. Everything will change if you change. Stop doing and start doing. Begin to prosper. How do I begin to prosper? How do I begin to actually participate in the blessing of the Lord? Jesus Christ has given me the blessing. I am blessed in, by faith in Jesus Christ. But to, to, to get your hands on and function in the blessing that you freely receive. You don't earn the blessing. To function in it, you've got you've to do these things that we're talking about. You've got to turn to the Lord. At the time of your temptation, at the time of your trial, at the time of your struggle, who do you turn to? You turn to the Lord. Lord, I thank you. The veil has been taken away. Now, Lord, open up my eyes. Open up my eyes. Help me to see. And I'm telling you right now, if you're like, I don't understand it. I'm re- I don't understand. I don't, I don't get what's going on. You know, um, then you need to find somebody who you see the fruit in their life of the blessing of the Lord who's caused them to prosper. And you need to say, teach me. And the first thing they should teach you is what you need to stop doing so you can start doing. A good no leads to a better yes. And once you do that, once you do that, your life will change. And, and if I'm illustrating that here and, I, and, and, and he's come to me saying he wants a change, he wants his realities to be different. And I, and I come to him and just stay there. I come to him and I say, okay, you need to stop doing this and start doing this. Come on. And he stays there. That's not my problem. Here's what most Christians do. No, 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 no. Seriously. Come on. Come on. And we're both going to end up at the chiropractor. It's his responsibility to work out his own salvation. And I can say, listen, whenever you're ready, I'll be right here. I'll be right here, but my, I'm not judging you. I'll love you fearlessly, praying for the opportunity to lead you faithfully. I'm right here. I'm not going to be like, what is your problem? What are you doing? I'm not attacking. I'm advertising right here. Here's what the Lord has done. Here's what the Lord is doing. He's doing it to me and I think he can do it in you. I'm right here. 
the glory of the Lord. You watch me go from glory through battle to glory. Glory through famine to glory. And he comes, I come out the other side stronger and blessed, more blessed every single time. Which tells me, which tells me for us, for the believers in this time in our nation, you should be excited. (laughs) Maybe you're looking at what is going wrong, but I'm trying to say, Lord, give me eyes to see. Give me eyes to see. I know what the enemy's doing. I ain't worried about that. Give me eyes to see what you're doing. I want in on that. If you're here this morning, and this is the way we're going we're to do this. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor John, you've been talking to me. God's been talking to me. Just like, like maybe you're talking about Zach. You just stay right there. Say, you're talking to me. And I just need to say that I need to turn to the Lord I need to stop doing some stuff. I need to start doing some, some godly stuff. I need to get in, my, in the Bible. I need to repent. I need to, I need to turn to the Lord, take the veil off, and I need to start getting in the Word. And, and I probably even need to find somebody who can help me unpack this. Who, no matter who you are, if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. Wherever you are, just stand to your feet. If it's you, be honest. Be honest. If it's you, just stand to your feet. Wherever you are, just stand to your feet. Now, some of you are disobeying God right now because you're fearful what other people think. I appreciate the ones who are honestly standing. And so here's the reality. Um, I want to pray. And those, as we close out service here in just a few minutes, those who see these people that are standing around, you need to be asking the Lord, do I have a part in their life? Do I have a part in their life? Family being the family and being able to come around somebody. And, and if you're at home and you're watching, and even if you're here, you can do the same thing. You can go to our website. We have the, you know, want to hear from you and want to get to know you and, and stuff. Share your information. Whether, whether, it's, whether it's you're new to this church family and you just want to say, hey, I'm new and so far I don't hate it. Then put that on the, that form on, the, on, on our homepage on our website. Let us know so we can pray for you. And if you're here... And you're saying, I'm making a decision and I'm turning and I'm going to follow the Lord. Then whatever he's doing, write that in there and let us know about it so we can pray for you. And those who are standing around, those who are standing, I want you to just take note and just ask the Lord. He'll lead you. He'll give you an ant or a yay. Let just, Lord, do you want me to pour into this person? I want to pray over everyone that's standing right now. Just if you're around them, just stretch your hands towards them. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for everyone who is standing. And Father, we pray by your Spirit. First of all, we thank you for bringing heaven near. We thank you for bringing them the light of your gospel to them. And we thank you for ripping and tearing the veil from top to bottom in the temple. 
And as they turn to you, Lord, that veil is removed from them, God. And in the name of Jesus, we just thank you that they have a spirit of wisdom and understanding and the eyes of their heart would be enlightened, that they would know the hope of the calling, that they would have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey the Lord. Let there be a shift. Let there be a change. Light, come. Light, come. Darkness, flee. Give them a new appetite for your word. Bring people around them to disciple them and grow them. Show them what to start doing and show them what to stop doing. Let the voice of the Lord leap off the page. Strengthen them and show them one step at a time time how to take responsibility and be good stewards. And may the blessing of the Lord rest upon them. In Jesus' mighty name.